And I've decided to collect them all and put them in this book and give people a real guide, a playbook, if you will, on how they can distance themselves from the stereotypical salesperson that most people can't stand and don't want to be around and become the salesperson people love. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky. I'm your host, and today I'm super excited to have the wonderful Rob Cornels on the show with me. How are you, Rob? Hey, Rick. I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, it's absolutely my pre- uh, pleasure, Rob. Now, uh, for everybody who doesn't know much about Rob, you soon will. He is the founder and CEO of Game Face Inc., which is his sports and corporate sales training business. He's also the host of the Game Face Execs podcast, and he's author of Amazon International bestseller, The Sales Game Changer, How to Become the Salesperson People Love. Now, we're going to be covering all of those things uh, in a short moment, moment, Rob. But what I like to do first is just to unwrap your life a little bit and uh, start by asking you, where are you located? Uh, We're located in the United States and in Salt Lake City, Utah. Fantastic. Now, not knowing much about Utah myself, what is one of the, the most memorable landmarks in that location? Well, there's certainly the Great Salt Lake, um, and uh, the Wasatch Mountains is where people come from all over the world for skiing. And in fact, the 2002 Winter Olympics was held in Salt Lake City, Utah, and Park City. So uh, it's a fabulously beautiful place of the world. And uh, I relocated here five years ago from Portland, Oregon. And I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, the relocation and the scenery, the outdoors, the people. It's uh, just a marvelous place. I think you've wrapped up my next question. What do you love about the place the most? It's obviously the people, the scenery. Do you, do you enjoy hobbies and sports? Do you do much uh, with yourself in that regard? Well, I, uh, I do enjoy running. I, I've taken up swimming over the last couple of years. And uh, I, I happen to live, though Salt Lake City is the most prominent, prominent lake in the area, yep. in the region, certainly in the western United States, um, I happen to live on a lake south of Salt Lake City that uh, has hot springs. And so I get to swim 24-7, 365 oh. in a hot springs pool. Um, <laughs> I'm going green with envy. Oh, it's and, and it snows a lot in, in Salt Lake uh, in, during the winter time. In yep. the summer, it's pretty warm. But in the winter, when it snows, there's no greater feeling than to be swimming outdoors with nothing but your swimsuit on while it's snowing on you. Oh, here, so, here. I can only imagine. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Rob. Hey, Rob, I've noticed that you have a, a beautiful family. I wonder, um, are you pet lovers in general? Well, we are. Uh, we've had we've had dogs. Uh, we have three sons, my wife and I, and uh, we've had dogs throughout our, our lives together and with our children. Uh, so uh, we, we enjoy that. But um, and I don't I don't fault you or blame you for asking that question. But um, sadly, about two weeks ago, uh, we lost our pet. Oh, um, yeah. After about 15 and a half years. Uh, it just became time. Yes. So I've been it was there. one of those decisions that had to be made quite quite quickly. Um, but um, yes. anyway, so 
we're we're recovering from that. Yeah, look, uh, uh, all the best in that regard. I know that when one door shuts with a, a, a beloved pet, another one will open for sure and certain. Now, um, I want to wind back even further for you personally. I want to go back to your childhood days. What did you love doing that you can remember fond memories of? Well, I was kind of a loner as a kid. I mean, I loved I loved people, uh, loved loved friends. Uh, but I really enjoyed uh, alone time. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I've recently been reading about, and I'll get to that question, but one of the things I recently have been reading about is the pre-modern age when darkness and silence was a part of everybody's daily existence. Uh, you know, they didn't have artificial light. No. And there were there weren't streets with a lot of commotion and traffic. <laughs> and so uh, when I was reading about that, I was thinking, you know, that – that's that's what I really cherished and relished as a child, but um, I grew up enjoying sports. Uh, I was never, you know, I, I was never the all star, but I enjoyed playing sports throughout my my younger days. Um, and I grew up with a large family. Uh, I had six siblings, uh, so and I was the I was the uh, uh, there were seven kids, so yep. I was number six. And uh, so trying to get attention at that number is really hard. You're not the baby. <laughs> uh, so I, I kind of enjoyed uh, comedy and things like that uh, as one way to get attention. So um, I, I miss those days when comedians were funny. Uh, yeah. and, and life seemed a lot simpler. Now, Rob, you just touched on something I, I'm really interested in. It's about um, reading as, as a child. No wonder. Do you recall any books that had, a, I guess, uh, an impact on you as you moved into adulthood? Well, you know, uh, I do read some religious books pretty, pretty voraciously, mm -hmm. but there was one secular book that uh, someone introduced me to, which I'm sure all if not most of your audience has, has come across and probably devoured as I did. <laughs> but it did make an influence on me as, a, I think, as a young teen. And that book was Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends oh, and Influence course. People. Oh, yeah. Uh, it just really rang true to me. And, uh, and it felt very natural when I read it, as though, of course, this is the way we should all act and treat one another. Um, so anyway, that, that book, I think, was a good guidepost for me to see where I was doing in my life and what I could be doing a lot better. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Now, this is probably a good segue into asking you, uh, Rob, what was your, um, or at least the one that you can remember, your first entrepreneurial experience? Ah, well, uh, my first one was probably when I was a young Cub Scout and, um, and I, I suppose you know what a Cub Scout of is. Yes, right? I was a Cub Scout and a Scout. Right, so the precursor to Boy Scouts. And so I was probably no more than seven or eight years old. And there was a, a Cub Scout conference coming to our town. And it was a big convention. And I, uh, I was told that if you could sell tickets to that convention, that the Cub Scout who sold the most tickets got a free 10-speed ten, ten bicycle. And I didn't have a bicycle. And... <laughs> Uh, I thought, man, that sounds really interesting. So I went door to door throughout my little neighborhood and beyond, um, encouraging my neighbors to buy a ticket to the Scout Capades, as they <laughs> called it. Uh, of course, none of these people would ever have any interest in going to this conference. But of course, 
they saw that this, you know, this young boy was trying to be enterprising. So they each, you know, bought one ticket, uh, spent a buck on it, and uh, eventually, I, uh, I, I, I got up to a certain level. And then I remember a week before the the, the conference, something happened where it took me off the street, so to speak. I had to I had to attend some other stuff, and so when they finally announced the winner, I came in second. Oh. <laughs> so, Half right, so I didn't, I didn't get the 10 speed. I did get a, a a backpack. That's what they gave to the second place winner. Um, I didn't have means of transportation to get to the actual conference, so I never even attended myself. <laughs> I was told, "Hey, you got second place, and we're sending you a backpack." Oh, that's wonderful. But, yeah, I, I learned a good lesson, though. That is, you know, you got to run through the tape, as we say, right? Yep, yep. Uh, you can't you can't think, well, I've done enough. Yep. Um, because you never know who's doing a little bit more. They're raising the bar all the time, aren't they? Your competitors, you've got to be aware and alert. And uh, and this is one thing I want to do today on, on, on the call with you, Rob, is to tap into that knowledge of uh, your experiences and what people should be thinking about. Um, and I guess that's a really good uh, entry into the next question, which was um, when you experience success, it's nice to be busy, but you know we've got a finite amount of time on this earth. Do you think it's important to have some away time from from business? Well, I do, um, but I don't always practice what I preach. Um, <laughs> Did I? Because I am, I have this insatiable appetite for just doing, because I think I learned this lesson as a young Cub Scout, just doing a little bit more. And so really uh, keeping in mind that, you know, in, in sports, for example, and you can see there's some sports stuff around me. I kind of I live in that industry, not full time, but I live in the, a lot in that industry over the last 30 years of my life. In sports, we have an old saying, which is it's a game of inches, you know. And if you think about your favorite sport, rugby, Australian football, could be you know American basketball, baseball. In every game, it can be just a game of inches. One inch can make the difference between being the champion and being relegated you know, to to a lower division. And yep. so in my life, because I'm an entrepreneur, I've never had the luxury of relying on a gigantic team uh, or a campus of, of company uh, divisions, departments, thinking, well, I can take the day off because if I don't perform to my utmost today, someone else will make up the difference for me. So as a result, and, and I don't mean to be, you know, pessimistic, but yep. this is, you asked the question. So my, I, I think to a fault, and it is a fault of mine, perhaps, I always have viewed the glass as half empty as opposed to half full. Why? It's not because I'm a negative person. I'm a very hopeful person. And I, and, uh, and hope is what brings me joy. Yep. However, I just always recognize that, you know, I have to rely on my own my own resources i have i can't wait anyone for anyone to do my job for me um you're only as good as your next sale yes you're only as good as your you know your last client and so i've just never been comfortable resting on my laurels so as a result as my wife would tell you and i'm speaking now quietly because who knows she could be listening to this <laughs> guaranteed um, <laughs> uh, I, I tend to take work with me on vacation too often. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. So I, I know you have a lot of listeners out there, Rick, who could probably give me some good advice on how to turn that around in my life. And I'd be open to that. 
Um, so that's probably the one area where I need to make improvements. In fact, I don't, I don't think it, I know it. You know what? I like the fact that you're human, you know, because nobody's perfect. And those who present uh, themselves as if they were, they don't come through as uh, um, genuine and authentic. So, you know, it's, it's a credit to you. Now, I know that you've worked with um, some incredibly talented individuals across tech, manufacturing, products and services, professional financial services, media, the list goes on and on. You've had Hall of Famer conversations. The list goes on and on. I could talk for minutes on just that alone. But um, when you talk to incredibly driven uh, people who are in, um, achieving amazing success in their chosen field, do you find that there's a common thread? I think that's a very intriguing question. Um, I certainly look for it. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, you can't ever really put your finger on it until you stop and consider it. But I think there is one that at least is attractive to me. Yep. Uh, there are a lot of successful people out there, but you talked about the kinds of people that I like to hang around, the kind of people that I like to do business with. Mm -hmm. They're obviously successful people, even though I, I enjoy mentoring and working with people who are starting their career or changing their careers. But I think the one quality that I really admire and that I want to emulate whenever I can is they have a sense of not only personal and self-awareness, but they have a sense of humility as to who they are. They recognize that, you know, but for the grace, <laughs> uh, they might be somewhere else. And so they, they, had a, they had a break perhaps in life. They, they were in a good environment, a good situation, or... They didn't necessarily have any breaks, but because they were blessed with with health, with a good mind, uh, with perspective, with good friends, good mentors, good teachers, they've been able to achieve a level of success. And so uh, that is the one thing that I think when people think of celebrities, when they think of professional athletes, when they think of CEO, business titans, they might think of people that, you know, they kind of just, they have their driver and they sit in the back of the car, driving to all of their appointments and their meetings into their office, reading their newspaper, you know, sipping their wine. Mm -hmm. That's not the kind of person that I am accustomed to being around. I find people who are human, uh, who are fallible, yep. um, and who, who recognize mistakes that they've made in their life or in their business. Um, and they're tremendous at understanding what those mistakes were and then having the courage and the discipline to take corrective action. Humility, courage, and discipline. That's what I've taken away from that, that little segment there. Thank you, Rob, for, for sharing. Sure. It's powerful stuff. Now, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'd love to talk with you about uh, Game Face first and how that came about. I love the name. Why was it that you chose the name Game Face and how did this organization come around for you? Well, I, pre I began my professional career after university. I actually worked in Japan uh, immediately after university in a role that did not relate to my future career. When I came back from Japan, I was working uh, for the National Basketball Association, but more specifically, I took a job with um, a particular club called the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, yeah. And, um, and in those days, in the early 1990s, it was a really bad team on the, on the court. <laughs> Um, but they produced some pretty good executives over the years. And so when I took a job, it was in a sales role. I had no aspiration to be in sales. 
I don't think anyone grows up around the kitchen table being implored to get into sales. <laughs> I wouldn't be in sales, um, <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, so that was never in my purview. Um, however, it was an opportunity to join a club, to join an industry that I never even considered it. But when it was when the opportunity was presented, I thought, hmm, that sounds really interesting. I'm not a sports junkie. Uh, but you know, I, I appreciate sports. There's there's many there are many life lessons to be learned from sports, uh, and not to mention the social good that it does within a community within a country. Mm -hmm. So that opportunity, when it was presented, I took it. I had some success uh, doing it. Uh, the job that I was given, um, I was I surprised myself. Quite baptism frankly, baptism of fire as such. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I was walking on coals every day. Um, and uh, but I, I found some success in, in that role, got some attention, some some recognition from it, and then decided to start my own business. Uh, and the business was a sales consulting, a sales advisory role, and mostly a sales training role that I would perform for other sports teams um, who would hire me to come in and, and work with their you know, their full-time sales team. And, yep. and for those yep. of you who may not be aware, a sports team does have to sell. It's a sales-driven industry because you have to sell tickets and sponsorship um, and branding. They're and, businesses, and aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, um, when, I, when I decided after a few years that I was going to start my own business because of the attention I was getting from it, mm -hmm. literally I was sitting on the floor of my home in my den and my wife and I were just talking about this new venture that I think I want to start. And, and as she has done countless times in our marriage, she trusted me and she supported that. And I said, I don't know what to call this thing because I don't want to call it Cornelis, whatever, because <laughs> my name is hard to pronounce. Um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's not the most attractive name. So Certainly I know the worst. I like, well, <laughs> It may be so, but I, I thought I want to make my I want my brand to represent something. When people hear it, yep. hopefully they know it instantly what it means, oh, right? Yeah. And yep. they get an image in their mind because uh, I think that's half the marketing is if people, they hear the name, they go, oh, I know what you do or I know what you're about. And so as I was thinking, you know, athletes, because uh, I'm working mostly in those days in the sports industry, yep. you know, athletes who are really professional, who are disciplined, who are, who are skilled, uh, who have drive, who are determined, who are prepared. That's the kind of business I want to be known for because that's what I'm going to do for my clients. It's like I'm going to help them achieve that same level of excellence. And I said, there's got to be a word that sums all that up. And then my smart wife who's not much of a sports fan back then, <laughs> she says, game face. Isn't that said, wonderful? How quickly that can it. come around. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that and, wonderful uh, story. That's, that is awesome. Thank you. I, I sit here and I think to myself, well, um, the My Future Business audience are a balance between existing business owners, small to medium-sized ventures and, and the likes, and they're looking for insider tips and tricks. And I think on balance, we've talked about humility. We've also touched on the concept of failure. I'm wondering if you could share with us what you've learned from failure yourself. Um, I've learned that, uh, you know, ultimately it, it's me. Mm -hmm. It's I'm responsible for my own failures. Yeah taking on that responsibility. And 
once again, I think that's where I think humility comes in. I think self-awareness comes in. Um, and recognizing that, yeah, I'm, I may have chosen the wrong person to do business with. Yeah. I may have chosen the wrong product to purchase, but ultimately that's on me. I should have done my due diligence. I should have been more, you know, more tedious in my, in my research. Um, because as one example, I'm not saying that my failures came in hiring people, but just one quick example is that we've often been told that we hire too fast and fire too slow. Yep. It's kind of a weakness of most entrepreneurs because you're you've got a problem that you need solved right now, and you're looking for someone to fix it for you so you can move on to the next issue. And so, someone walks along your path, and they and they they look reasonable, and they look you know like a decent person, and they can fog a mirror, and you say, <laughs> well, that, "That's great, I'll, I'll hire you." Yep. And then if it doesn't work out. You know, you say, well, that, that person just didn't have the qualities they told me they had, or that person wasn't a good fit. Ah, no, yep. it's, my, it's, it's my fault yep. that perhaps that thing didn't work, right? That relationship. Yep. or uh, So I think that's the biggest thing I've learned from failure is just take responsibility. Uh, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at that, um, but, but the older I get, the more mature I get, the more I recognize there's no harm in owning up. Because I think that's the kind of culture you want to build within your team. You've talked about due diligence. Obviously, there would be due process. Do you think over time, as you hone your personal skills, that you become more intuitive? Can you feel yes. something when it's happening? Absolutely. Yeah, that, that sense starts. Yep. To, you, that sense becomes keener in you through that experience. Um, and you also, I've learned that you, you learn to trust that sense more. Yeah. Some people, um, I, have a, I have a friend uh, who I actually had a guest, as a guest on my podcast. He's a well-known Hollywood actor named Glenn Morshauer. He's, He's been in hundreds of, of projects, both film and television. Mm-hmm. And he calls, it, um, he calls it the whisper. He says, we have to learn to hear and then trust the whisper. And uh, so I really like that expression. Yep. Uh, but I do think... Your ear gets gets uh, more tuned into the whisper, the more experience you have, and the more you willingly willingly accept it, as opposed to fighting it. And you just let your intuition take over. Your intuition is uh, is you know probably the most honest part of your of your soul. And so I've learned to trust that. Yeah, thank you for sharing these insights. They're wonderful. Um, there was such a time. There was a time there, Rob, where I was thinking to myself, "Do I really trust this person?" And, you know. And then I learned a lot about intuition. So thank you for pro- providing some more clarity around that. Now we've touched on uh, lots of things throughout the call today. We've um, we've talked about how um, Game Face came about, but I'd love to talk about more of the detail behind Game Face. Some of the things that you actually do, because you you help both corporates and sports organisations. Is that right? I, mean, I don't know how. You you separate the two but obviously you do well a sports organization traditionally in our in our vernacular is a sports franchise or in in the u.s uh, um, a collegiate program um so we what we do is our business is about 50 50 right now 50 percent sports and i even say entertainment companies yep very prominent brands with a very rabid fan base that you know, one one little thing can really set them off, and uh, because they're very passionate about what you do or what you represent, and the fact that you represent their community, perhaps. So there's a there's there's a real sense of ownership in your brand. 
So selling in that environment has some real unique challenges because as a salesperson, say, of the Los Angeles Dodgers baseball team, uh, the World Series champion right now, when you're selling for that brand, whether it's tickets or sponsorship or, or, or a big suite inside Dodger Stadium, uh, you have no control over the product on the field. And so with that understanding, you still have to be able to persuade and influence the thinkers in the LA community that an association with your brand will be beneficial to them whether for their business, their family, their personal relationships, and so forth. So it's a very unique sales environment because in most other sales industries that I've ever been a part of, if the salesperson detects a flaw in the product yep. or in the process, they can usually go to the design team or the engineers or the, or the marketing department and say, hey, guys, I, I've got a suggestion. You know, we, can, we need to make a tweak in this. Less, less green, more blue. And, and they'll take that, that feedback and they'll, they'll improve on the product. But in sports, you can't do that. Can't do you that. have no say in the <laughs> roster. Um, and you're not going to make calls on behalf of the manager or the coach. So how do you sell in that environment? Uh, whether your team is a, a, a proverbial loser or your team is a perennial winner, how do you, how do you sell? Uh, because there are challenges to both. And then the other side of Game Face's business is we, we take those principles, those lessons we've learned working with sports teams, not only on the field, on the court, on the pitch, but also in the front office, in the business office. Yep. And we're taking those lessons and we're applying them now to what I call real businesses. <laughs> you know, companies like you said earlier, companies in the tech industry or manufacturing or consumer products and so forth. And so we teach their sales staff how they can be more effective calling on their market, whether it be by phone, whether it be in person, whether it be through Zoom, like we're doing today. Yeah. So we are, we are uh, an umbrella organization for any kind of sales team, whether for companies or I'd even say for nonprofit organizations that need to raise money. How do they, how do they fundraise more effectively? So if you're all about generating revenue, then GameFace could be your advisor and your trainer of your people to make them what we call sales game changers. There, there are a lot of fundamentals that I, I talk about with amazing guests on the show, Rob. Um, what, is, um, what is it that you take from, I guess, I guess is there an overlap between the sports industry and your typical corporate? Is there an overlap of, of different techniques that you blend together? Is it a very tailor-made experience per client? I appreciate that question. Uh, at GameFace, what we have developed over 25 plus years is we recognize there are certain principles yes. of human interaction, of customer engagement that are universal regardless of industry, regardless of market, regardless of the, the lifetime of your product or service or even your company. So if you're a startup or if you're a well-established enterprise, so those principles we teach to all of our clients. We train in all of those, all of our clients, those, those very universal principles. And then beyond the principles, we have what we call the seven skills to a successful sale. Ah, uh, yes, I read about these. Yeah, so the seven skills are, they're generally very similar from industry to industry or market to market, whether I'm working in Australia, whether I'm working in London, whether I'm working in New Jersey. However, 
the the um, application of those skills has to be adjusted, tweaked because of the nuance of your industry or your standing in the industry or your history as a business or the newness of your product. And all of those factors go into our consideration when we come into your organization and provide you that very customized training program. Yeah, thank you for for uh, revealing that there. I've, uh, I'm looking at your website now. There's a lot of content there for people to get a bit of an idea idea of the types of organisations that you're working with. You know, anything from PGA Tours through to uh, ESCO Corporation, um, tennis associations, and the list goes on and on. Now, um, I want to talk about your book. You have oh. an Amazon international bestseller, The Sales Game Changer. What was your motivation behind writing this magnificent book? Well, Rick, my motivation was I got tired of my clients asking me, where's your book? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it it was obviously, um, it's a compliment and I appreciate the compliment, but for years I was frankly and uh, shameless, I'm a little um, ashamed of this, but I was so wrapped up in running my business and in getting onto the flight to my next client and trying to produce positive results for them. And I'm not trying to sound noble or anything, but this is just where I was, my mind was focused. Of course. And and at the end of most of my visits, I would have either, you know, the CEO or the owner of that business or their rank and file sales team would just ask me, hey, where can we get, you have a book, right? Where can we get your book? And so I'd always say, uh, it, it, it's coming, right? It's coming. <laughs> Just around the corner. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, blessing in disguise, uh, the pandemic, when it began, you know, its ugly rise yeah, a yeah. year ago, mm-hmm. um, that was for many of us an opportunity to, quote, stay home. And uh, sure, we could do business virtually like, like we're doing right now, mm-hmm. but it also gave me a chance because many of my engagements, you know, were either canceled or postponed. Uh, for obvious reasons. Yep. So it gave me a time then to say seriously, okay, this is the year I'm going to do it. And so the sales game changer is really, um, it's been 25 years in the, in the making. Um, it's taking the, the experience that I've gained in my own sales experience um, and also the best practices and yes, even some of the worst practices <laughs> that I've seen out there in industry and I've decided to to collect them all and put them in this book and give people a real guide, a playbook, if you will, on how they can distance themselves from the stereotypical salesperson that most people can't stand and don't want to be around and become, transform themselves into becoming the, the salesperson people love. And uh, so I'm really proud of what it's done so far. I was grateful for how many of our of our clients um, around the world ordered it immediately to become it a uh, make it a, a bestseller internationally yep. in its first day. So uh, we're just really, really pleased with it so far. And we still have more content coming out in the next few months. It's a credit to you. Congratulations. Now, I, I'd like to ask, Rob, um, were you, did you find it a struggle? Did the words flow through the pen? And with 25 years experience, was it hard to leave things out? Oh, to your last question, yes. It was like, you know what? This thing could be 500 pages. Oh, yeah. Right? I can imagine. Because, yeah, my, 
my tendency, as I'm sure you have as well, Rick, your tendency, your your desire is you want to give people the benefit of your experience and, and your best content and you don't want to you don't want to shortchange them. Um, but my publisher kept reminding me, Rob, I first of all, no one's gonna read a five hundred page book. <laughs> More and, <in> peace. Uh, <laughs> and uh and and also um you know, there, there's opportunity to write a second book, Rob. You know, you, you, you can always do a second one. So, yes, there's, uh, it, as far as the ease by which the, the information flowed, because I've been doing what I do for so long, and, and I don't mean to sound as though I don't listen to my clients, certainly I do, but I'm grateful that I've gotten to a point in my career where I can almost if you remember the old character Radar O'Reilly on the television show MASH. Of course, yes. Where he could anticipate what, yes. it, what Colonel Potter was going to say before <laughs> he said it. I mean, I can anticipate issues or questions that my clients are facing. I still will listen because every one of them has a slight, um, you know, there's, there's something that makes it very unique. There's some nuance to what they're sharing with me. But anyway, because I've gotten to that point in my career where I can almost anticipate uh, the information as I wanted to share it came quite quickly to me. And so it was written quite quite fast um, once I finally found the time and the energy to sit down and get it done. Thank you for sharing because I know that there are a lot of aspiring um, book authors that, you know, struggle through this process. So it's, it's wonderful to have people on the show who have actually walked the path before them. Now, I know something else very exciting is happening for you in terms of your masterclass. Tell us a little bit about uh, that. Yes, well, you know, to answer the answer to your earlier question is, what do you do when you, you can't share everything in the book? Uh-huh. Well, that's one of the one of the uh, conclusions I came to is that I'm going to give people most of my thinking in the book, right? But there's there's things in between the lines yep. that I wish I could explain further, or that I could alert them to, so that they don't misinterpret, misunderstand, and and misapply some of the th- ideas that I'm sharing in the book. And that's when the idea of the masterclass came about. We decided as a staff that we need to give readers who are really serious about becoming the salesperson people love, mm-hmm. give them a chance to go deeper into the content and allow me to be their personal coach as they're working through that process. And, and to kind of give them a little bit of a heads up as to what's around the corner or what's what's beyond the fog if they're in a in a situation right now in their career or in their occupation as a salesperson where they don't quite know how to handle a particular situation or they're anticipating a huge objection or they don't know how to call on a, a certain individual that they know could make a big difference for them and their business so those kind of personalized questions are all handled in the master class yes that's wonderful i'm sitting here very excited trying to keep myself in control, thinking to myself, well, how do I get my hands on this wonderful book for a start? But more than that, um, when people want to reach out to you and see if they're a good fit for you, um, where do they go and what is the process? And um, also, where can they, obviously they can find the book on Amazon, but can they get it through Game Phase directly or? Uh, well, right now, Amazon is the best way. However, I would encourage them to go to um, a dedicated website called the salesgamechangerbook.com the salesgamechangerbook.com you'll learn a little bit more about me about the process of the book coming out you'll be able to order from that site i will take you to a special link on amazon 
you'll also find that we are in addition well, within the book we've done something that I think is quite unique and that is and, and you have to understand again my nature is I'm a, I'm a coach I'm a trainer yeah and yep. so when I was writing this book one of the things that was bothering me was that I was thinking you know I want to have I want to have a touch with the people reading this book I want to be able to interact with them I, I don't as an author I don't want to just give them here's a you know here's a two-dimensional piece of our document do what yep. you will with it yeah I want to I want to get their feedback and I want to help them really gain comfort and confidence in the material so what we've done at the end of every chapter we've included a link to a video where I talk about that content in a little bit of a deeper dive ah. and I even will test the reader if they want to take the test if you will <laughs> yep I challenge them with a couple of assignments or exercises to see if they're really understanding and then ultimately mastering the content um, so all of that video content is found once you get the book is a part um, of the book I mean, sale yes so the book is out right now on ebook on Kindle Mm -hmm. the the hard copy is coming uh, very shortly in a few weeks and we're making improvements already from the Kindle version in the hard copy version we're making some improvements that we that I just insist on and uh, so in either version whether it's the ebook or the hard copy you'll get access to that video content that bonus video if you will yep and yep. that's that's not even talking about the master class that just comes with the purchase of the book I love what you're doing with the book. You're um, with your masterclass. You're <clears throat> essentially you're removing the need for interpretation of the written word. You're creating relationships. You're building bonds, and you're helping people beyond, I guess, the pages of the book. And it's a credit to you. Now, for everybody's on the call, I'll be making sure to give you all of the links that you are going to need to get your hands on this wonderful book. But um, when um, somebody wants to connect with you directly, uh, Rob, where will they go? Well, certainly go to our website. And, uh, and you can find information on that. But Rick, I, and I anticipated you might ask me that question and I got approval um, <laughs> to, uh, to give out my, my email address okay. uh, to your audience. So uh, if they'll just email me at ryc, those are my initials, ryc at gamefaceinc.com, gamefaceinc.com. And let me know that they're a listener of yours that they that they follow you um, and they can put that in the subject line if they want and I will make sure to get back to them as fast as possible answering their questions giving them additional information if they need to talk to another member of my team I'll make that introduction but I would hope that I could be able to speak to them directly uh, either through email or through phone or zoom and uh, the other thing that we're going to be doing with our master class, those who enroll, mm -hmm. when we announce the, the launch of that, which is coming soon as well, yep. we're going to introduce master class registrants to, to our network of people that we're working with. Um, and I'm not talking about for job placement. I'm talking about networking with, uh, with people of similar mind who want to also, like you, want to continue to hone your craft in this industry. There's some high caliber people in that community. I'm pretty sure and certain of that. And um, with all that being said, make sure that you um, find the email below this post, no matter where you find this interview, you will find those links. I'll be making sure of that. And with all that being said, Rob, this has just been a dynamite call full of wonderful content, great conversation. Thank you so very much for joining me on the My Future Business Show today. 
thank you, Rick. It's been a pleasure visiting with you and all the best to you as you continue to make an influence on others. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.